Welcome back to the Pure Public Domain podcast. I'm Lori McCullough, and this is the discussion episode. The discussion episodes are simply short discussions about the author and maybe a little bit about the selection and why I chose it. If you're only here because you just want to hear the literature, go ahead and skip to the next episode. Our author, Louisa May Alcott, was born near Philadelphia in the year 1832. She was the second daughter to Amos and Abby Alcott. She would be the second of four daughters, which should sound a little familiar. And she does often say that her character of Joe most closely resembles her She was born into what we would probably consider a a hippie family now. There was a movement in the 1820s, 30s in New England called the Transcendentalists, and her parents were part of them. And there are quite a few very influential people, certainly in American literature, that consider themselves Transcendentalists. Uh, They hung out with Henry David Thoreau and... um, Ralph Waldo Emerson. So they had a lot of uh, literary connections. And that's actually how Louisa May Alcott educated herself because she didn't go to school. They were extremely poor. And so the three older sisters all were governesses, seamstresses, uh, looked after family members. The only daughter that was educated Uh, was the youngest, uh, which is also very similar to the book. We see that um, through the youngest daughter, Amy. Now, I referred to the transcendentalists as hippies, and that's true to some degree. However, it was a philosophical movement. And because the movement was such a huge influence on a lot of early American authors, I think it's worth talking a little bit about the philosophy of transcendentalism transcendentalism. And um, it's sort of one of the first philosophical currents that we see emerge in the United States. And so you see it referenced a ton in literature. Oh, he's a transcendentalist. And uh, certainly in reference to Henry David Thoreau and his works. So it's not really like what we consider hippies, but it certainly does believe sort of a coreness that there's an inherent goodness in people, a goodness in nature, that um, the human individual is much um, superior to institutions and the institutions that we've decided to form, in fact, corrupt us and um, that people need to strive to be self-aware. I'm sorry, not self-aware, but self-reliant and independent and um, that there's a divinity sort of in our everyday lives. And they strive to be very sort of intellectual and not really concerned with, with worldly affairs. And there is a sort of harsh element to it as well. Um, they're very Spartan and don't really give in to a lot of luxuries or comforts. So it, it's uh, sort of a... Um, you know, an emphasis on being very uh, disciplined aspect to it. Um, So 
the family was always really struggling. And a lot of that can be seen in Alcott's writings and in her work. And she sort of becomes obsessed with making sure she can make money and that she's never poor. So she always wants to write things that are going to sell. And that's sort of her her main mission in life is to make sure that she's able to support herself. And, um, you know, the father just never quite was able to do that. A really good example of this is just the fact that they moved 20 times in the 30 years that, uh, in the lifetime of Louisa May growing up. And they finally did purchase a home. They lived in it for seven years. It was a gorgeous home. If you see pictures of it, it's in, you know, right outside of Concord, Massachusetts. It's beautiful right on the, they called it Hillside and they renovated it. They cultivated it how they wanted. They had purchased the home for $1,500. They also received a $500 um, loan from none other than Emerson. And after the seven years, a house that they built for $2,000, they sold to another American author by the name of Nathaniel Hawthorne. Um, Apparently, American authors were just, you know, rolling through the New England countryside, dime a dozen back then. (laughs) But they sold it to him for $1,500 and moved out seven years later, um, $500 poorer after a ton of work and Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote back to his wife who he was not there when he purchased the home that the house was in just a dismal condition but that it had a lot of um, potential there was just a lot of conflict between the father and the mother and daughters uh, Louisa sort of presented herself as a tomboy, very wild, independent, and her father was just very disapproving of it. And her mother definitely chalked it up to sort of the the larger societal issue of, um, you know, the gestation of women in the early 1800s. And I think it's important to note that Louisa May was uh, the first woman to register to vote in Concord, Massachusetts. And uh, she did a lot to uh, try to get the right to vote for women. The family also was very active in the abolitionist movement. Uh, The family was actually station masters on the Underground Railroad during, before the Civil War. And um, Louisa May, during the Civil War, acted as a nurse and so very just active community service minded family in general. Um, and I should point out that even though she did not have any formal education, she was instructed by the likes of Henry David Thoreau. Uh, she had spent some time on location with him at a, the, on Walden Pond. So to say that she didn't have any like formal education, I think um, probably an understatement. Um, I imagine that um, being able to have that kind of mentorship in your life just might be more valuable than a school type of education. I picked Little Women as the second reading of this podcast because it was mentioned in 
the first reading where Francie Nolan of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn is reading through the A's and the B's from her local library. And she mentions Alcott by name. And she also mentions she enjoyed the books, which I can only imagine she certainly would have. It's certainly geared towards exactly her demographic. And I imagine a young lady growing up in Brooklyn read her books and was thoroughly charmed by them. So I had no qualms going ahead and choosing my second book of the masterpiece, Little Women. I don't really have any reason why I picked this particular chapter to read from the book, but it does encapsulate and sort of epitomizes what makes this book uh, so iconic. Um, You have the marches, uh, the family is absent, or the father is absent, which I I think is interesting. Um, Louisa May Alcott's father was an extremely, um, you know, strong influence in her life. But I think by removing her father, it probably makes it much easier to sort of um, have the dynamic of the the girls and um, the society even um, work a little bit better for her story. But we get introduced to Lori. Uh, we get introduced to sort of the, the differences in their stations. Uh, we get introduced to... Uh, a lot of the the characters because Lori is sort of meeting them for the first time. And uh, we sort of get just a glimpse, even like a physical, the way she describes how Lori looks through the window and how the mother is framed. There is just so much just gold in, in this narration of chapter five. And uh, I mean, obviously this is just a, iconic American novel. And um, it's a good read aloud. Uh, I know that I've read it aloud a couple of times. So highly recommend uh, something that, you know, and it's sort of an easy enough book that you kind of remember what's happening in the book if you put it down for a long period of time, um, because that happens sometimes. I'm going to sign off this episode about Louisa May Alcott with a letter that she wrote to a a fan that had written her a fan note, and she responded in kind, My dear Miss Churchill, I can only say to you, as I do to many young writers who ask for advice, there is no easy road to successful authorship. It has to be earned by long and patient labor, many disappointments, uncertainties, and trials. Success is often a lucky accident, coming to those who may not deserve it, while others who do have to wait and hope till they have earned it. This is the best sort and the most enduring. I worked 20 years poorly paid, little known, and quite without any ambition but to eke out a living, as I chose to support myself and begin to do it at 16. This long drill was of use, and when I wrote hospital sketches by the beds of my soldier boys in the shapes of letters home, I had no idea that I was taking the first step toward what is called fame. It nearly cost my life, but I discovered the secret of winning the ear and touching the heart 
of the public by simply telling the comic and pathetic incidents of life. Little Women was written when I was ill, and to pr prove that I could not write books for girls. The publisher thought it was flat, and so did I, and neither hoped much for or from it. We found out our mistake, and since then, though, I do not enjoy writing, quote, moral tales for the young. I do it because it pays well. But the success I value most was making my dear mother happy in her last years and taking care of my family. The rest soon grows wearisome and seems very poor, besides the comfort of being an earthly providence to those we love. I thought I would just sign off with those highly motivational words from Louisa May Alcott. I certainly hope the fan was not expecting a lighthearted and encouraging response. So thank you for listening to this episode of a Pure Public Domain podcast. I am Laurie McCullough. If you stick around for the next episode, we will be listening to an excerpt from Ivanhoe because young Meg was reading it during this episode. I appreciate you hitting the subscribe button and making sure you tell your friends about Pure Public Domain Podcast. Mm -hmm.